Hey guys, I'm Kayla Taylor, and you're listening to episode five of the Listen to Me Speak podcast. Yes, we're five episodes in. It's a little milestone in itself. I feel like, you know, I got five episodes down packed. That's an incredible feat so far, and I want to thank you guys for the ongoing support. It really means a lot to me, and I'm just having so much fun doing these because I just love talking about music and TV, and this is the perfect platform for me. I think this is the perfect uh, hobby that I got going on, and hopefully this hobby can turn into something more than that, and the show can go on for seasons and seasons because you know how much I love to talk. So I have an incredible episode lined up for you guys, a lot of music to talk about, so let's get right into it. So Victoria Monet finally, finally, finally drops part one of her debut album, Jaguar, and it's so good. It's just simply phenomenal. I'm not just allowing my bias to control the narrative. There's literally not a single bad song on this project. Um, All of the songs aged extremely well. Um, None of the songs sound out of place or like they're fillers. There's been a lot of albums that I've listened to the past couple of years where I'm like, certain songs didn't really need to be on here, but... It is what it is. I think it also helps that part one is only nine songs. And a lot of the reason why she broke her album into parts is so that we can listen as fans and as the audience, we can listen to each part of the project and kind of have time to sit with it and let it age. And I think this album is just going to age extremely well. I didn't think any song on this project would top my personal favorite, which is Dive. But the song Jaguar, which... Um, the album is also named after, really actually does. Um, so a little bit about the song. Jaguar has a very uh, groovy and jungle vibe. This song was definitely inspired by the 70s, and so is most of this project. I also hear some of Beyonce's influence sprinkled throughout this project. Um, the production specifically of the horn sounds very B-Day-like. If you've listened to... Um, Beyonce's B-Day album, you hear a lot of live instrumentations, especially the horns. Beyonce loves herself some horns, and I think that's probably why I love hearing them so much in music, because I love that album. Um, I love how the production on this album overall sounded live, and it didn't sound synthetic or fake or computerized. It actually sounded like someone was playing the horns or someone was playing the guitar, and I love that. I love live instrumentation. The visual for the music video for Jaguar is also stunning, and I love how certain artists are just pushing their creativity to new bounds due to COVID. Um, Shout out to Kehlani, too, who has learned how to direct and edit her own music videos because of COVID. She doesn't have, like, a the label to really um, give her the budget for the music video. So she took matters into her own hands and has been doing a lot of the stuff um, herself and alongside her friends, which I think is super dope. Um, Jaguar, the album as a whole, is just so unapologetically black and I love it. And if you've listened to Victoria before, you just know that that's just how she is. And I think in the times that we live in right now, it's just the most beautiful thing that we as black people continue to be ourselves authentically and that we're unapologetically black and that we are still proud to be who we are despite the world telling us that we are not worth anything so I think that that's what makes me also such a huge fan of hers it's just she's unapologetically herself and none of the music on this album sounds like anything that's out right now which is why I think personally that R&B is running things in music this year because all of the R&B albums that have been put out this year and even last year, they sound nothing like each other. It doesn't sound like 
pop or rap right now where they're all just following the same trend and just trying to find the next hit. Like all of the R&B artists out right now are doing their own thing. Kehlani's album doesn't sound like Janae's album and Janae's album doesn't sound like Divisions. So it's just all the R&B artists putting out music right now. They have, they're doing their own sound. They're catering to a specific audience and I pretty much love everybody who's currently in R&B right now and Victoria's album is just a added on to a long list of my favorite releases this year. Outside of the singles, another one of my favorites off of this album is Touch Me. The production is super smooth and so is Victoria's vocals. I swear she sounds like if you could imagine what a voice sound dipped in honey sounded like, that's pretty much what Victoria sounds like when she sings. Um the songwriting is also exceptional and very vivid, but Victoria is a great songwriter, so that's not surprising. And because she's such a great songwriter and a talented singer, I'm happy that her focus finally gets to be on her own music for once. Um, Touch Me seems to be a response to Kehlani's song, Hate the Club, which is one of my favorite songs off of Kehlani's new album, um, which is rumored to be about Victoria, and it's very obvious that Hate the Club is about Victoria. There's a line specifically in the song that says, drunk when I call you Monet. So who else could the song be about when she flat out said Victoria's name? There's a line in Touch Me that says, and I love them tattoos. I still got to learn them all. And if you know what Kehlani looks like, you know she's covered in tons and tons of tats. Um, Kehlani also acknowledged one of the lyrics in the song on Twitter and Victoria responded. So it's safe to say that they're talking about each other. And I just think that they're... Their friendship is kind of cute, like the fact that they had whatever they had together, whether it was a situationship or an actual relationship, and obviously it ended because Kehlani went on to have a kid with someone else, and then she was dating YG for a minute. I just think that it was cool to finally see adults act like adults, and not every relationship works out, and I'm not saying you have to be friends with all of your exes. I kind of think that most of the time it's impossible, but it's very clear that they were mature and you know, in the after effect of their breakup or whatever you want to call it. And they're still friends. They still support each other's projects. So I, I think that's really cool. Um, Victoria is also effortlessly sensual in her music. She doesn't even have to try too hard. It's like very subtle sometimes. Um, again, another reason why she's such a great songwriter. You just believe and feel everything that comes out of her mouth. Like I said before, Dive is one of my favorite songs by her because it's just a bold record. 20 years ago, a woman would have been shamed for singing songs about receiving oral sex, and today Victoria Monet doesn't really care about that, and she owns and embraces her sexuality as she fucking should. I never got the um, criticism that artists back in the day like Lil' Kim or even more recently Cardi B and Megan the Face, I think that what Victoria and Cardi are talking about in their music is no different than what the men are talking about, but because we're women, um, and we've been taught by society over the years that women can't be as outright and bold about sexuality as men can. So I'm glad that um, within the last few, or I should say the last several years, women have kind of taken that narrative and said, fuck it, and we're going to talk about the things that we want to talk about, and if you like it, cool. If you don't, we don't care. We're going to continue being ourselves. So that's just one of the many reasons why I love Victoria as well. I love artists who are just boldly themselves. Um, the producer, D. Mile, produced every song on this um, project, aside from Experience, Experience, which is produced by S.G. Lewis. And he's probably um, one of my favorite producers right now, D. Mile. 
Um, I love the way his horns sound and how he manages to create classic R&B sounds while remaining fresh by today's standards. Um, this album has a very tight theme overall, and it's a strong debut for Victoria, in my opinion. I think it's only up from here for her, and I'm glad that she's, you know, finally getting the recognition and love that she deserves because it's been a long time coming. You know, Victoria's been in the game as an artist and a songwriter for probably close to 10 years now. She's written for artists like Ariana Grande, Chris Brown, um, Normani. So I'm glad she's finally getting her due. Before I wrap up what I think about this album as a, I mean, I guess I can wrap up, you know, what I think about this album as a whole, like I said, you know, there's not a bad song on this album. Even the interludes are dope. Um, she said on an Instagram live recently that, um, some of the interludes that we'll hear on these parts we'll eventually hear full versions of. And my favorite interlude out of the two off of part one is Big Boss. So I really hope that uh, we get a full extended version of that. And um, I guess if I could say there's one song I probably listened to the least prior to this project coming out was Experience. And that's really mostly because I didn't sit with the song a whole lot. I didn't go back to it a whole lot. But listening to it along with the album... The song is really good. It does sound a little bit different than the rest of the songs on this project, and it's probably because it's the one song that DeMille didn't produce, but it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. It still fits the 70s vibe that she was going for on Jaguar. It just sounds a little bit different. Um, Khalid is also featured on that record, and Khalid is just one of those singers that um, he has really good chemistry with most um, of the female R&B singers that he works with, so he was a nice touch to it. And if you haven't listened to part one yet, you definitely should. Shout out to my girl Tiffany who um, voted on my poll asking you guys if you liked this album or not. There's other people that voted too, so shout out to you guys. But I remember her specifically because um, she voted after the poll ended. Um, so I'm most of you guys voted that you... No, not most. All of you voted that you loved the album. So I am definitely not in the minority here and... Um, I just hope that the album reaches more people and that they get to hear um, what I hear and that they enjoy the album as much as I do. And if part one was as good as it is, then I can't wait for parts two and three. I think she's got a long and successful career ahead of her. So shout out to Victoria Monet. I definitely will be playing this album like crazy until parts two and three come out. So... Moving on to another new album that was released this past Friday. Um, I believe his name is pronounced Amini. I believe. Um, I literally watched a video on how to pronounce his name so that I wouldn't butcher it, but I'm pretty sure his name is pronounced Amini. Um, and he released his new album, Limbo. This was my first time listening to a full album from him, and I wasn't disappointed at all. I think this was a great introduction to him as an artist. Um, he seems to be one of those artists that you can't put in one box like Mac, um, Anderson, Pack, and Jaden. And I'm sure there are others. I'm just naming some off the top of my head. Um, he did a great job with mixing rap, R&B, and soul together on this album without it, sounded like, without it sounding like a jumbled mess of different sounds. Um, sometimes you have to be careful with that. I know that's one critique The Weeknd finds with um, his Starboy album is that he feels like it's more of a collection of music than it really is a cohesive album. But um, Amini did that well on this album. My personal favorites are Becky, Shimmy, Easy, which features Summer Walker and Can't Decide. 
Um, the production on this album is so, so good. I pay, you guys know at this point that I pay a lot of attention to production because it's a huge part of what will make or break a record for me. Um, um, a little bit about some of the songs. We're going to start off with Becky. Um, Becky is about a black man being with a white woman and neither of their family and friends are accepting of their relationship. So the man decides it's just not worth them being together. I don't know if that's something that he's been through in real life. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Um, the line that stuck out to me the most in this song is, um, I'm fed up with the world that I know I can't change because as a young black woman growing up in this world and especially in the times we're in right now, I relate heavily to this because at times it feels like no matter how long we march or how hard we fight, you know, change barely happens, but it's important to not allow yourself to stay stuck in this way of thinking because change is happening even though it's happening slowly and I know it's frustrating. And I think sometimes when we get too stuck in that mindset that it causes us to want to give up and not fight. But, you know, we can take breaks for our mental health and, you know, stuff like that. But it's always important to fight because if we had that way of thinking 100 years ago, we wouldn't even be where we are right now. So it's important to keep fighting. But that that line specifically stuck out to me because I felt it for real. Um, another song on this album, Shimmy, pays homage to ODB um, from Wu-Tang, and it samples his song, Shimmy Shimmy Ya. The beat is just crazy, and uh, his flow is nuts. You can tell that that beat just brought out the beast in him, and if you've heard the original by ODB, or you've even heard ODB rap, period, you know he kind of, he's kind of crazy when he raps. He spazzes out a little bit, and so his beats kind of often reflect that. So if you're going to get on a beat by ODB, you have to make sure that you're flow is as nuts as his was if you want to do the song justice easy is another um, favorite of mine like i mentioned it reminds me of the early 2000s when rappers would do duets with r&b singers you know like nelly and kelly um the song just takes me back to that time period the production has a smooth vibe with some hints of dance hall in it it's definitely a song you slow dance to in the club with your boo for sure i'm pretty sure if um the clubs were opened up they would probably play this record um, Summer Walker always um, delivers on her features. Like I've said in the past, she's the go-to feature for a good R&B record, and she easily improves the song she's on. As soon as I see the words featuring Summer Walker, I at least give the song a chance, and I usually like the song. Um, Amini and Summer have great chemistry on this um, record, and his singing voice actually isn't half bad. So to wrap up my thoughts about this album as a whole, um, it's just really good. There's hardly a bad song on it. I think the one song that I tip I just really didn't care for was it's called Pressure in My Palms. Um, Amani definitely gained a new fan in me from this album, and I think he gained a lot of new fans. I just recently followed him on Twitter, and he was talking about how I think this is his first album to, I think, hit the top 10 of Apple Music. I think that's what he said. So, And I also think this pandemic has allowed, of, allowed a lot of people to be more open to music dropping lately because there's very few things you can do right now and music is listening to music is one of them so I think people are more in an open-minded space we have nothing to do so we're giving artists that we typically don't listen to a chance um, I feel like I've become a more open-minded person when it comes to music for the past couple of years being a radio DJ definitely helps that because I never wanted to play the same artist over and over again or the same songs I wanted my show to be as diverse as possible, so um, I feel like my music taste has gotten 
better and it's definitely gotten more expansive and I also can thank Glee for that too because they covered a lot of songs that typically just wouldn't reach my radar like I became a huge fan of Fleetwood Mac and Billy Joel because Glee would dedicate episodes to those artists and you know the actors on the show would sing their songs so I definitely am proud of my music taste I'm not just stuck in one box I do like a lot of different styles and genres of music but my heart will always lay with R&B and hip-hop it's just my love language when it comes to music but to get back to the point um shout out to Amini for putting out a dope album it'll definitely be in heavy rotation from me and when he drops another album I will definitely be tuned in and I definitely am gonna check out his past projects too so now for the moment I'm sure everybody has been waiting for for me to talk about Cardi B's new single with Megan Thee Stallion. It's called WAP and it stands for Wet Ass Pussy so you already know the vibe for this song. Right away the song starts with the sample which repeats there's some whores in this house over and over. Um, The first time I heard this I'm not gonna lie I laughed out loud because it's so on brand for Cardi. Like if you know who Cardi is if you've seen her on reality TV if you follow her on social media this song is definitely a Cardi B record through and through and Megan you know fits right on it. She's kind of like Nicki in that way where she's a chameleon. She can give you the sexy record, she can give you the fun records, and she can bar you to death. So that's what I look for in rappers in general. So that's why it makes sense that Megan is one of my favorite newer rappers. Um, The beat is produced by AO and Keys, and it's so hard, and the sample is just the cherry on top. I think both Cardi and Megan bring their own contributions to the song. Meg brings the bars and Cardi brings the freaky and fun shit in her verses. Like I said, Cardi's just a fun person. If we really want to, I don't want to like put them against each other because society already does this with women, but I definitely think Megan had the better verses on the record, but it's not, I I don't want to say that Cardi's verses were lacking. They weren't. They were on par for Cardi and the song is a fun record, but I do think Meg had the stronger verses. Um, There's not much else to really say about the song except that it's a fun record for the summer and I won't be surprised when the song does well. It just might very well be another number one for Cardi and Meg. Again, I know I say this pretty much all the time, I'm always talking about the things that um, COVID ruined, but I think that if COVID wasn't a thing and the clubs were open, you would hear this song all night, I'm pretty sure. And And if it was released a little bit earlier than it was, it definitely would be a top contender for a song of the summer because it's perfect. Um, the music video for WAP was released the same day as the song as well. It's super fire, um, which is not surprising because Cardi's music videos are always great. Cardi's also a great dancer, of course, so I always look forward to watching her music videos to see what fun shit she does next and what choreo she killed this time around. And the choreo is dope for the music video if you haven't seen it yet. Um, She's one of the few artists out right now who puts out high quality music videos and I appreciate that because as a kid I watch shows like, you know, 106 in Park and various different countdown shows um, just to see music videos. I remember watching, um, um, what was it called? It's that Lady Gaga song. Um, I think it was the one with Beyonce. Telephone. I remember watching that when it premiered and being so excited to see, you know, what Lady Gaga did next because she was also one of those artists that did crazy shit in her music videos. So I still appreciate music videos as an adult, but I feel like not a lot of artists put the time and effort into their um, videos anymore. It's almost like they don't matter. So when you have someone like Beyonce who still makes visual albums or you have people like Chris Brown and Cardi B who put a lot 
of thought into telling great stories in these videos. Um, it makes me appreciate them more, for sure. Um, there were a lot of cameos made in this music video by other artists, and Normani was one of many of them. And if there's one thing Normani's going to do, it's hit a split and dance her, her ass off. Um, I do want to talk about where the hell her music is, though, because Normani is definitely one of those artists who need to put out something. Um, so I personally think, because um, a lot of people drag Normani online about, you know, where her music is and why she's not putting it out and just saying a lot of hateful shit. This is what I think. I think um, Normani deserves 5% of the accountability, and I think that 5% is... She's a new artist, and the fact that she, her presence on social media is so lacking is a problem. Um, Normani has been in a group for several years, but she's technically a new artist because she's solo now. And I understand why she um, keeps her distance from Twitter and social media in general, because if you didn't know, she had faced a lot of racial bullying online from her former bandmates' stands. Um, and if I was her, I probably would keep my distance from social media as well. But unfortunately, social media plays a big part in helping an artist, especially a new artist as well, because there are a lot of Normani's fans who became fans after she left, after Fifth Harmony ended, who don't really know a lot about her. We don't know a lot about her personality. Um, she showed a little bit of it in Fifth Harmony, but she was also always kind of tossed in the background. And we know why. Um, so I do think that it's important for her to build relationships on social media with her fans. Communicate about what's going on with the album. Even if she can't tell us all of the details. At least say, hey, I'm working on music right now. This is what it's sounding like. Just kind of give your fans something to look forward to. Because her album was supposed to drop in 2018 and then it didn't. Then it was supposed to drop in 2019 and she released what I thought could have been a huge hit for her motivation. She released that in August of last year, and it had a lot of hype. A lot of industry people were paying attention. A lot of fans were excited, including myself. The music video was dope. I felt like it was a strong lead single that just went nowhere. Like After a week, her team and her label stopped promoting the song. I think she only performed it live once on the VMAs. Um, and ever since then, it's been silence. She just broke it recently by saying that, hey, you know, I'm still in the studio making music, but there hasn't been a whole lot of communication from her or her team. Now, that being said, I do believe 95% um, of the fault belongs to her team and her label. I personally believe that her team is not doing right by her. I think they're sabotaging her. And my point is proven, my point was proven when... Um, the host of one of those song association type of channels, it's not the one that um, L does. He's a black host, and um, and I'm so mad that I can't remember the name of his show, but I think it's a, it's on YouTube, and he's had people like Amber Riley and Kevin McHale and JoJo on the show before, and on his Twitter, Normani's fans were like, how come you haven't had Normani on there? And he said, well, my team has reached out to her team to try to get her on the show, and they refused. So that just strikes me to believe that they're blocking Normani's blessings. There's so many shows. There's so many things that I see that I'm like, this would be perfect for Normani to be on. You know, even a late, even a spot on um, a late night talk show with like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel would be perfect. 
but she's never around. So I do think that um, her team deserves most of the blame and also her label. She signed to RCA and they are not a stranger to kind of getting in the way of their artist. Um, Tanache was formally signed to RCA and we all know how that went. Her team where the label didn't know how to market and promote her correctly and sabotaged a lot of her music. A lot of the music she put out just wasn't great. And she ended up um, becoming an independent artist again after RCA kind of screwed her over. And we all know Zayn from One Direction is signed to RCA and he's been having trouble with his label since, I want to say, 2017. So RCA is not a stranger to these issues. And I do believe that they're another reason why Normani hasn't put out music because she's a new artist. So if she approaches the label, says, hey, here's my album, and they're not feeling the album for whatever reason, or they have their reasons for not putting out putting it out, and they say, we don't want you to drop yet, then she has to listen to them. There's nothing she can really do. So I know that as fans who don't pay attention to a lot of the um, background stuff, um, you also have to be careful because... Not everything is Normani's fault. I know she's the easiest one to blame because she's the person you're a fan of. She is the face. She is the celebrity. But at the end of the day, Normani is essentially a newbie in this game. And if her label's not allowing her to put out certain things, then that's really not her fault. I'm pretty sure she's as frustrated as we are, if not more. Um, so I just hope that Normani's team and her label get their shit together and they hurry out and hurry up and put out an album or at least a couple of songs this year because Normani's essentially missed her window. Like all the hype and excitement behind her um, last year and even in 2018 is essentially gone. I've seen some of her biggest stand pages say they've given up. So at this point, my excitement for her album is kind of just non-existent when she actually does drop an album. I'll be back to listen because I am a fan and, you know, I support Normani, but I won't lie, my excitement that I had for her album in 2018 and 2019 is just not there anymore because I, I'm, I'll be surprised if she puts something out this year. So I hope that her team gets it together because I think Normani's a star, I think she's talented, and I think she has the potential to be one of the biggest names out here in music, and it's just sad that her team is getting in the way of that. So hopefully things change for her and... We hear something soon for her from her. Um, back to um, the Cardi video. Um, I I did also want to talk about Kylie Jenner who made a cameo uh, in the video, which the internet had a lot to say and complain about. It is what it is. She was only in it for like five or six seconds, so I'm not tripping too hard about it. Like everybody signing that petition to get her removed is just doing the most. I get that a lot of people, including myself, are not the biggest fans of the Kardashians and the Jenners, but clearly Cardi wanted her in that music video for a reason. She's in the video. Get over it. If you don't like it, don't watch the music video. It's not that deep. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. Um, I think sometimes y'all do the most when it comes to the Kardashians and Jenners. If you don't like them, just stop talking about them. Talking about Kylie and having her trend and... And talking about how you want to remove her from the music video is only giving her more attention. I personally do not give attention to people I do not like. I don't like Kanye, so I don't spend my um, a whole lot of my time talking about him. I don't like Terry Crews. I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about him either. If you annoy me or I don't like you or I think you're ignorant or racist or whatever, I try my best not to give you that much attention. So if you don't like Kylie Jenner, don't give her that attention. That's all I have to say. Um, back to Cardi, one more thought about... Um, her, I have a feeling that she won't drop her album until next year so she can tour, um, especially since she missed out on touring for her debut album. 
because she got pregnant, so she wasn't able to, I think, open up for Bruno Mars. So I think this time around, she's really going to want to tour. And in order for her to tour, we have to have a vaccine for COVID. And I don't see that happening until late next year, hopefully next year. So I don't think she'll, she probably won't be able to tour until 2022. Because that's personally what I think. I don't think touring is going to happen next year. That's not me putting out negative energy into the universe. It's just my personal opinion. So she probably won't drop her album until next year, but I think she'll drop a couple of songs to hold us over before the year ends. So those are all my thoughts about Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's new song, WAP. Um, let me get, let me know what you guys think about it. I know um, I held some polls and some a lot of the opinions were mixed. Some of you guys liked it, some of you didn't. So now that you've had more time with the song, hit me up on social media and let me know what you think. Moving on to Popkin, um, he dropped a new single. Uh, he dropped a new mixtape called Fix Tape, which features two songs from Drake. These songs are Twist and Turn and All I Need. My personal favorite out of the two is Twist and Turn, which also features Party Next Door. Um, Popkin teased this song on his Instagram Live last month, and I liked what I heard and was looking forward to hearing the full thing, and I wasn't disappointed at all. Number one, it's a good song for riding to at night. Um, if I could, if there were a whole lot of songs that fit that whole nighttime ri- um, vibe of writing at night, I probably would make a playlist for it, but I think there's only a handful of songs that, that fit that category, but this is one of them. Um, Drake fits this song, um, instead of sticking out like a sore thumb, like he tends to sometimes when he hops on songs with like a dance hall, um, vibe or like just in the genre in general. This song reminds me of the music he made on his 2016 album, Views, and if he made a sequel to that album, Twist and Turn would definitely fit it easily. Party, of course, glides easily on this song because that's just his, the type of music he makes, so of course. I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote Drake's verse too, as he tends to write a lot of Drake's R&B sounding stuff. He wrote a lot of the R&B tracks, if not most of them, on Scorpion. The second song that he's featured on, All I Need, is a cool song too, but it's just not better than Twist and Turn. So, um, JoJo also has some new music. Um, she released the first song off of the deluxe version of Good to Know. Um, it's called What You Need. What You Need is a bop to me, and I feel like JoJo's been on another level with her music lately. If I'm being honest, I don't think Good to Know needs a deluxe version because I feel like the standard version sounds complete and doesn't need additional music. It's about nine songs. Um, However, if the music is as good as the original album and it's as good as the song that she just released, I certainly won't complain, especially since JoJo wasn't able to release music for several years due to her former label holding her hostage in her deal. Um, So if she wants to go crazy and release a bunch of music, Go ahead, girl. Do your thing. I am not mad at it at all because um, as a fan of JoJo, even though I wasn't as big of a fan of hers then as I am now, watching her go through that was heartbreaking because you could tell that she really, really wanted to release music. And I think one of the worst things you can do to an artist is prevent them from releasing music. So I'm glad she's finally free. I think she um, has her own thing going on. I think she has her own venture with Warner group music I believe um so she's doing her own thing so I will be tuned into the good to know deluxe 
Um, she's also released a track list for the Deluxe album, which features Demi Lovato on the Lonely Hearts remix and Tanache on another song. I can't remember which song it was, but I definitely think that Demi Lovato fits the vibe for Lonely Hearts. Lonely Hearts is one of my favorite songs off of Good To Know, so I can't wait to hear what Demi brings to the record um, because it Lonely Hearts kind of sounds like the type of um, song that Demi uh, was making on her 2017 album tell me you love me so i definitely think that um they chose the right person for the lonely hearts remix and hopefully i'm right um it's obvious though that um deluxe albums are used now to gain additional streams and sales and with covid ruining any chance of real deal touring labels are forced to come up with different ways of making money off of music so don't be surprised when you start seeing multiple artists announced that they're releasing deluxe versions of their albums. Kehlani is just the latest person as well to announce that she's releasing a deluxe album for It Was Good Until It Wasn't. I personally don't think it needs a deluxe. I feel like I feel that way about a lot of the deluxe albums that have been released lately. I felt that way about Chialumbo as well. For Kehlani, some of the shorter songs, because some of the songs were short on her album, like Water and passionate were extremely short i would love to hear full versions of those so if the deluxe album is consist uh the deluxe album consists of just extended versions of songs that i like off of it was good until it wasn't i'm totally here for it but i will be listening to it because um i love kehlani but hopefully it's not just a bunch of filler songs that could have been kept off of it um, Kyle Dion is also one of many people who released new music this past week. He released a new two-pack. The songs are called Stressed Out and That Don't Mean a Thing. Out of the two of the songs, Stressed Out is the one I go to the most. It's the one I like. Um, it's just a wavy, cool song, and Kyle's vocals are always so electric. I've said this before, but he just has one of the best falsettos in the game. Him, Lucky Day. Um, it's just so reminiscent of Usher and Justin Timberlake, so... He's definitely an artist, like I say all the time, you should definitely listen to if you're looking for um, some new R&B artists to get into. Um, the Weeknd hosted a virtual performance on the app TikTok. I'm sure you've all heard of it by now. Um, he teased some new music during this virtual concert, which I didn't watch, but on Twitter, people said it was roughly about 10, 15 minutes. Um, the song that he teased sounded like music that he made from the Starboy album, and I loved that album. It made me a fan of his, um, So, and I love the snippet, so I'm hoping that we get um, that song sometime in the future. Um, again, his tour was ruined by the pandemic as well, so don't be surprised if we get another album from him next year, especially since he seems to be in a great musical space. He is another artist who released a deluxe album, um, and... I wasn't crazy about all the songs off of the deluxe, but um, I think the the song that I, the only song I listen to off of the deluxe is um, called um, Nothing Compares to You. I believe that's what the song is called. Um, and he also released a remix album as well. Um, there are rumors um, floating around that Netflix and YouTube are fighting for the rights to Ariana Grande's Sweetener Tour movie, and I personally hope that Netflix gets the rights. Um, last year, my friend Isaac and I saw her live, so it'll be interesting to see how the tour looks with some movie magic added onto it. Ariana is an incredible performer, and often her live renditions of her music is better than the recorded versions, which is very rare. Um, that's exactly why I wanted to see her live, because I know she puts on one hell of a show, and she most certainly sang the roof off when I saw her last year. 
Ariana has put out a lot of music in the last couple of years. She released Sweetener in August of 2018. It actually just a couple of days ago marked two years since that album dropped. And then she released Thank You Next in February of 2019. So there was only about six months between each of those albums. And then she's released various singles since then, including a collaboration with Justin Bieber, which was released not that long ago, I want to say either the end of April or the beginning of May. A couple of songs from Ariana's rumored sixth album that she's apparently working on have leaked online, and from the snippets that I've heard, they sound um, more on the R&B side. I know Ariana had teased a song herself, it was like a 28 second snippet or something on Twitter. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if her next album is actually an R&B album, because I believe that's the music that she actually wanted to make when she first signed her record deal. And I think that her voice has matured so much over the years, so she can definitely pull it off. Um, Thank You Next lean towards more of an R&B sound, so I won't be surprised at all if her next album heads more in that direction. And it may be so that she may decide to make R&B from now on. I think that she, um, even the pop music she made wasn't, it wasn't always straight up pop, at least not recently. It always had, um mixes of R&B and a little bit of soul so I'm here for R&B um for Ariana deciding to make R&B music it's my favorite genre so if this next album is R&B I'm excited but I don't think she'll drop anything until next year because again she's been dropping a lot a lot of music lately and just a lot of content in general so um I do think she should take a little break so she doesn't endanger herself from oversaturating the market because she came a little close um, but back to the weekend, he released a collab with Juice World on Friday called Smile. Um, they surprisingly have good musical chemistry together, and it's kind of sad that they won't be able to collab on more music together in the future, especially because Juice World, when he was alive, he had tweeted that he'd really love to collaborate with the weekend. So it, I'm kind of sad that he wasn't here to see that dream come true, but at least they have one song together. Um, I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest, biggest fan of Juice World, but hearing about his death was extremely sad. So I'm still praying for his family and his fans that were affected by his death. And I'm, I hope he continues to rest easy. Um, onto something a little bit different. Um, someone on Twitter created a versus sheet with Omarion and Mario pitted against each other. And though I don't watch versus battles that often, I think the last, the first one I watched in full was the, no, that's a lie. The last one I watched in full was the Nelly versus Ludacris battle, but I would be here for, for Omarion versus, um, Mario. I loved both of their music as a kid, and I think that they would be a perfect match for a versus battle. Um, I personally think Mario would win, but it would be a close battle between the two. I don't think Mario would completely wash Omarion. Um, it seems like I am not the only one who disliked Jordan Sparks' new single, Red Sangria. Um, if you watch, if you listen to my last episode, I kind of, you know, I was kind of blunt and honest about how bad the song was. And it seems like Twitter exploded a few days ago with memes poking fun at the song, um, and the music video saying that it sounded like Old Navy music. Um, you know, the memes are funny, but let's not get it twisted. Jordan is extremely talented, and that's why so many people, including myself, are so dissatisfied with the song, because she's capable of doing a lot better, and she has done a lot better. Um, like I've said before, there's nothing wrong with making a fun song, but the song still has to be good, and the song's just not good. Like I said, the production is weak, the lyrics are 
half-assed. The music video was kind of whatever. Um, it, it didn't look like it was super high quality, but Jordan is also now independent. I think she's doing everything herself, so that could also be a reason for why things aren't sounding or looking the greatest. But again, I don't think that this song speaks for her as a whole. It doesn't speak for her talent, her artistry, or this EP that she's getting ready to drop. I just hope that the rest of this EP does not sound as bad as Red Sangria because that song just isn't it. And maybe it'll cause Jordan to go back to the, what do you call it, the chopping board and make some new music, make some better music, or put more effort in. Um, But... I'm not going to lie, the memes were funny and some of the Old Navy edits that they put, you know, those corny commercials, um, they made like the song into like one of those commercials where you see people dancing in the background when they're talking about medicine and, oh, this medicine has these side effects, boom, boom, boom. And then you see people just dancing and frolicking around like, you know, um, the place. And so it it was funny. I'm not going to lie. But again, that doesn't take away from Jordan's talent. We're just not here for that song. Just simple and plain. Um, yesterday was, um, Whitney Houston's birthday. I didn't want to do this podcast without acknowledging the queen. Um, she'll forever have the greatest voice of all time to me. Um, there are only a few singers whose voices bring me to my knees and move me that deeply. Um, some of these singers are Whitney, of course, Beyonce, Amber Riley, and of course, Naya Rivera. Um, you have to be extremely talented to have a voice that moves people so deeply that you connect to the emotions that they're singing about, even if you've never felt what they felt or relate to what they feel. You know, there's not a lot of singers that can make me cry the way that the singers I just mentioned did. And I don't think, no, I know that no other voice is going to be as great as Whitney Houston. We'll never have another Whitney Houston again. It's just, she was the greatest. So, um, happy birthday, and I hope that she continues to rest in power, and her legacy, of course, lives on. There are people younger than me that I know that are getting into her music, loving it, and sharing it with their friends. So that's the power of a strong legacy. Um, I didn't want to end it without saying some of my favorite, or talking about some of my favorite Whitney Houston songs, so the ones that are my personal favorites are I Want to Dance with Somebody, My Love is Your Love, Saving All My Love, and of course, I Will Always Love You. I know that's not technically her song originally, but after the way she slayed that song, it's practically her song now, um, and I was actually shocked when I found out that it was a Dolly Parton song originally. Um, Beyonce's The Gift album... Uh, you know, we always have to bring it back to Beyonce. Um, it re-entered the Billboard 200 at number 10. And that, my friends, is the power of giving an album exceptional visuals. Because if she didn't put out that um, visual album, y'all still would have been playing... Y'all still would have been paying the gift dust, so I'm glad that this album is finally getting the recognition and love that it deserves. Um, I'm also really, really anticipating Amber Riley's long-awaited EP. Now, I've been a fan of Amber since her Glee days, of course, that's what I know her from, but I've been really anticipating having original music from her since 2015. Um, She's been teasing an EP all year with everything going on, especially with... um, Naya Rivera's passing, who she was extremely close to. I don't know if the EP is still gonna come out. I know some fans on Twitter yesterday were kind of begging her for updates about the EP. I don't know what an Amber Riley EP is gonna sound like, but I'm excited to hear because just 
watching her and hearing her sing on Glee, she was just one of the few where I was like, oh, she has to put out an, her own albums because her voice is just so incredible. She's like one of the few singers, I think, that gives Whitney Houston justice. I, I remember they did um, a Glee episode dedicated to Whitney Houston where they sang her music and her version of um, I Will Always Love You was just beautiful. And I was like, the world just needs to hear more of her original music. So I definitely can't wait to finally get it. I hope we get it this year, but I'll understand if we don't. Um, I don't know if she signed to a label. I don't know if she signed to Columbia like the other Glee members who got a deal during that time were. But I can't wait. I kind of feel like it's one of those things that once she drops original music, she's just going to get keep the ball rolling and continue to drop music. I'd love to hear her do a song with Adele because I know Adele's a fan of Amber Riley and I know that she was excited when they covered her um songs on glee and that was like one of the best mashups i think they've ever done it's a mashup of rumor has it and someone like you so if you haven't heard it at this point definitely check it out it's incredible it's so incredible that now i can't listen to either song without like wanting to sing the mashup version of glee um but yeah so whenever amber riley's ready to drop i am here for it so as um, the episode comes to a close, I did want to talk about some of my favorite albums released um, this year so far, just because I feel like as crappy as 2020 has been, music has really been really good this year. Um, so some of my favorite albums and albums I think you should check out if you haven't heard them already. Um, I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, definitely check it out. It gives you something to do. Um, so it was good until it wasn't by Kehlani. And this isn't in any particular order. That's one of my favorite albums. It's definitely, all of these albums are definitely going to be on my um, top 10 of the best albums of the year. Um, Chilumbo by Janae, of course. I've been talking about how good this album is practically every episode. It's long, but it's just, it's understandably long. The album by Tiana Taylor, it's also a long album, but it's so good. It has such a strong concept, and, you know, once you listen to the album once, it's one of those albums that it's broken up into certain sections, so, and different moods. So if you're in a mood to be a little sexy, you know, you can listen to that section. If you're in the mood to cry because you got your heart broken, there's a section for that. If you want to dance, there's a section for that, so that's also a good album. Um, away from R&B a little bit is Shake the Snow Globe by Russ. That This album dropped early this year, I believe January 31st, and I'm not a huge Russ fan like that, but this album was definitely really good. Definitely recommend it. Limbo, which just dropped, I know, but it, I can already tell it's going to be one of my favorite albums of the year. Amusing Her Feelings by Division is super dope as well. I feel like it's extremely underrated. I don't see it get a whole lot of love outside of Division fans. So if you're looking for a, a new album to listen to that you haven't already, definitely recommend that. And of course, Kiki by Kiana Lede. It's another album I'm always talking about on Twitter. I absolutely love it. I think this is her, that's her debut album too. So what a strong and solid debut. If I had this podcast up and running in April when she dropped it, I'm telling you, I probably would have spent two hours talking about how great that album is because it really is. So again, shout out to R&B because we're run. Um, I'm saying we're like I'm making R&B music, but shout out to R&B music because it's really running shit. And I can't wait to hear the other great R&B projects that I know are going to drop this year. Hopefully we get some new music from LMA as well because she's recently teased that she's, you know, been in the studio She'll probably drop her album next year, but I am have my fingers crossed that we get a, at least a couple of singles. Um, switching gears from music, 
I did want to talk about Living Single, which I told you guys in the first episode that I have been binge watching, I think for now a couple of months. I am on the last season of it. Um, I think it deserved more seasons. I'm also one of those people that believes in letting a show end when it needs to end. But I wouldn't have minded like seven seasons of the show just because I'm kind of sad that I'm on the last season now. And it's only 13 episodes. I watched the first episode of season five. So there's 12 episodes left for me to watch. But I'm definitely glad I got into the show. Um, Max and Khadijah are definitely my favorite characters, but I feel like Sin- I love Sinclair too because I know she's supposed to be the dumb character, but she's hilarious. And I feel like she's one of those where you think she's dumb, but she really knows what's going on. And sometimes she says stupid shit to just throw you off or fuck with you. So I definitely think she's funny. I think her and Overton have the cutest little relationship. Um, speaking of relationships though, Max and Kyle are getting on my nerves. Um, spoiler alert for anybody who um is watching the show for the first time like me I'm pretty sure nobody is because I feel like I was super late like decades late with the show um but I'm at the part where Kyle was offered a job to go to London and when he tries to talk to Max about it of course she's on her typical Max freak that freak you I don't need you blah 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 But then she tells him that she loves him in an effort to get him to stay, which is so toxic and manipulative because she had like years to tell this man that she loved him. He was practically, before they broke up the first time, he was practically begging her, begging her to be open with her heart and her emotions and she refused. And now he tells you that he's got a job in London and now you love him. So now I'm at the part where um, he accepted the job. And he got her a ticket to come to London with him and it causes this fight and she storms out. And I understand where she's coming from because she's got a life in New York. She's got a, a, her career is in New York. So to just pick up and leave, you know, for a relationship that doesn't seem to really be working or making either of them truly happy. I could understand her reservations, but I also think despite how arrogant and sexist Kyle is I do think he really loves her and I it's so obvious that no other person would work with either character but them like they're a perfect match no matter how toxic they can be they're a good match for each other and I think that if Max had the emotional maturity that they could make a relationship work so watching them go back and forth is so frustrating and even though I am, I haven't seen all the remaining episodes of season five, I do know that T.C. Carson was apparently fired from Living Single. So I know he eventually leaves the show, which is kind of indicating, indicating to me that they obviously don't make the relationship work. But I do think if T.C. Carson hadn't been fired um, and Kyle was still on the show, that they could have made a relationship work only if Max finally got over herself and became a mature woman that she should be and tried to make the relationship work. And this is coming from someone who loves Max. Like, Max is my favorite character. I think we have a lot in common. Um, But I think that she needs to kind of let go of her need to, I guess, compete with Kyle and make the relationship work. So um, I'm going to probably by next week, the episode... um, I mean, by next week's episode, I would have finished the series, so I'll give my overall review of the characters and the show and the storylines, but I can tell you now, I'm probably only going to say mostly good things about the show because it's it's been one of my favorites. I wish that I had gotten into it earlier. I definitely understand why 
people have the constant debate about whether living single was better than friends or not. And this is coming from someone who is a huge, huge fan of friends. I do think living single is the better one. They were the original. Friends got a lot of their plots and themes from living single. They're essentially just the white version of living single. But living single definitely should be ranked among, and I think it probably is, one of the best sitcoms of the 90s because it really is an enjoyable show to watch. So um, I do want to say one thing that's completely different than the stuff I usually talk about, but of course I'm going to talk about it because it's something that matters to me. Um, It has been 151 days since Breonna Taylor was murdered while she was sleeping in her home, and she still hasn't received the justice that she deserves. I feel like her case is so simple and clear-cut, yet no arrests have been made, nor have the men who murdered her been charged. Um, Please keep signing petitions when you see them, donating and marching for her in her honor so we can get her and her family the justice that they deserve. Black lives still matter today, every day, and forever, so please, please don't stop fighting for Breonna Taylor and every black person who has been senselessly murdered by police. Um, And that's all I have to say. I'm going to keep it at that. Um, Before the show ends, I want to say the song of the week, which is, of course, Jaguar by Victoria Monet. It's such a feel-good record, and that's perfect for the summer. Um, It just embraces blackness and fierceness um i actually played the song for my mom and she liked it which is a big deal because she's not easy to impress at all when it comes to newer artists i think she most of the time listens to a lot of 90s and 2000s r&b and hip-hop and 70s and 80s stuff too it's very rare when an artist that i listen to and like that she actually likes as well so if my mom likes you then you know that you created something great Um, I definitely recommend listening to the song and her whole album. If you're still sleeping on Victoria at this point, you have to wake the fuck up, all right? She's a great new artist, and if you have any doubts about the newer generation of music like my mom does, definitely get yourself started with Victoria. She's amazing. I praised her this whole episode because she deserves it. I don't just praise anybody just like this, but she definitely deserves it. And I'm so happy for her. I don't even know her personally, but I'm so happy for her um, because I've been waiting for her to drop you know her debut official album for a while so congrats to victoria um and we've come to the end of my show i do want to thank you guys for listening to the episode Um, my podcast now accepts listener support so if you love this podcast um, and you want to support it further definitely donate i would be extremely appreciative And if you want to keep up with the show, any future updates that I may have, you can follow me on social media. You can like the Facebook page, Listen To Me Speak. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at Listen To Me Speak Pod. And you can also follow me on Twitter at DJ Catastrophe. That's DJ K-A-Y-T-A-S-T-R-O-P-H-E. And if you follow all of those social media accounts, you will be up to date with everything going on and you can also vote on future polls that i may run and just let me know your opinions so as i say every week be kind to yourselves and there will be a new episode next week